It's okay. I know life is like a serious roller coaster. All the changes we face, it's just like that sudden drop from the top of the hill and you're bracing for whiplash at every turn. I'm your host, Deva, a wife, hairstylist, turned entrepreneur, and faith-filled speaker. My co-host and partner in crime is Brooke. She's a missionary in Haiti, wife and mother to warriors for the kingdom, and a faith-filled speaker too. We intend to help you navigate life's twists and turns with God's guidance. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged by two lifelong friends. To laugh and cry and feel more prepared for the next stages of life, worshiping Jesus every step of the way, no matter how broken you might be. This is Meraki and Alabaster. Hey girl, Deva here. Before you dive into this episode, I just wanted to give you a bit of a trigger warning. This episode talks about pregnancy loss, infertility, and the struggles of stepping into motherhood when you've gone through something like this. So if you don't think that this is something that you can listen to right now, and it's going to pull up some pretty rough emotions for you, don't feel bad if you just want to hit pause and come back to it later. If you're ready to receive some hope and know that you are not alone, then this episode is for you, and we will see you in there. Hey guys, welcome back to the Meraki and Alabaster podcast. I am your host, Deva, and with me today, I have your other host, Brooke. (laughs) So today we're going to be um, discussing something hard and something very personal that Deva is walking through currently, but that's what we want to represent in this podcast, not showing just the beautiful moments or the moments where our transition stage is very easy. We want to also represent the moments that are really hard and walk through them with you guys because Dev has decided that this is something extremely hard that her and Austin are going through, but I'm sure there's others out there walking through the exact same thing. So today we're going to be talking about miscarriage. And unfortunately, Deva and Austin recently just lost their baby and it's extremely sensitive and we just kind of want to go through it and talk about it and talk about the emotions behind it and how it occurred or what she was going through whenever it happened and ultimately trying to find purpose in this season of transition and we kind of talked about it and um, I'll let Deva share her side but she's like honestly I don't have very much encouragement for people right now and I think that's okay that's okay we don't want our podcast just to be like okay this happened this happened and everything's sunshine and rainbows the end sometimes we're gonna have episodes where we just dissect things and say okay that's all we have see you next week And so we're not sure what direction this episode's going to go in, but I know this is an extremely sensitive episode for some people, and we just pray that the Lord moves in this episode. So, Deva, if you would like to just start off by sharing what happened. Yeah. Um, So a while back, um, Molly had this idea to talk about the really hard things. Um, and I mean, on the podcast, it was 
she, I mean, there's so many things that the, the church doesn't talk about that society doesn't talk about, or if society talks about it, they don't talk about it through the eyes of Christ or through, um, things that are just really honestly hard subjects. And inside of that is grief inside of that is loss. Um, and so we're going to every once in a while throw a really tough episode at you. Um, and so we're going to title, um, the elephant in the room. And so that is, that's what this is today. Um, and, and I recently, since we, we miscarried, um, three weeks ago yesterday and, um, ever since it's, I feel like, I feel like the elephant in the room every time I see somebody's kids or a pregnant woman or, um, people ask me when Austin and I are going to have kids and before it didn't, it didn't hurt. And now it's, um, it's really jarring and it catches me off guard. And I, I don't know, it's just, it's just hard. It is just plain hard. And I remember friends and family and clients and, um, people I followed on Instagrams, watching them walk through miscarriage and, my heart would ache for them and break for them, but I never understood until now what it, what it really was like. And so, um, it was a really early, really, really early miscarriage. And I actually didn't even know, um, that I'd miscarried until after the fact, I I didn't know that I was pregnant. I suspected that I was, um, the morning of the miscarriage, but, um, my, my cycle is super irregular. And so I didn't want to get my hopes up. I've, I've always just like, Oh, I'm a couple of days late. I could be pregnant. And I have like severe, um, PMS symptoms and literally yesterday, Wednesday was, um, diagnosed with PCOS. And so, um, I just always, before my period, I always just suspect and wonder if I am. And then I start my period and and it's extreme disappointment, even though we're not even trying, um, not even trying to get pregnant yet, but, uh, that just as a woman, if your desire is to have kids, the, um, just the idea of maybe being pregnant because your breasts are a little bit more tender this cycle than they were the last time it, um, it gets you really excited and then you start your period and it's like, wow, that really sucks. Like I was super excited, but, um, it was just different this time. And I, I just had severe anxiety. Um, I was in the, I was at work and I was in the middle of taking a client and I am so grateful for my assistant. Um, if you guys don't know, I'm a hairstylist and, um, my, I, I had this overwhelming anxiety cover my body. Um, and I, I don't really struggle with anxiety or depression. Thank the Lord. I know that, um, a lot of people do. And, um, I have family members that are going through it right now. And I can't even imagine that, that anxiety and that fear that I felt for about a week overtook me. And if I had to walk through that every single day, I could not function. Um, so for those of you that are walking through that, I am so sorry. And there is freedom. There is freedom in Jesus. And I know that it's so much easier said than done. Um, but there, I promise you there is freedom available to you. Um, so going through that, that fear and anxiety that covered 
covered me in an instant. I didn't even understand what was going on. I all of a sudden felt this rush of pain um, in my lower abdomen and in my legs and went to the bathroom, thought I started my monthly. And um, after the rest of my symptoms and everything from the miscarriage came through, I, I finally acknowledged it a couple of days later. And for anybody that has walked through it, I know, you know, but for those of you that haven't, like, it's just an emptiness and a despair that, that I, I mean, I, I lost my sister back in 2020 and it's just different. It is, it is different. And I know that even though I didn't even know that I was pregnant, I didn't even have time to fall in love with this baby. I fell in love with the baby and grieved the baby in an instant. And I know some of you have walked through this, walked through something similar and, um, yeah, it's just plain hard. I don't know. I told Brooke, I I don't have a lot of inspiration for this. The only thing I have is peace. Um, I have peace. I know, I know where my baby is and I know I'll get to see it again someday. And so, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna chime in a little bit as a mother. Okay. So you said, I fell in love with my baby and I grieved my baby in an instant. And I'm going to tell a, a story. So I know this is extremely insensitive, but I want everyone to keep in mind that child understand the depth of miscarriage or the emotional tie. But we had a, a family friend who miscarried their, no, they didn't miscarry their baby. Their baby passed away from, it's called SIDS, correct? Mm-hmm. And so it, I think it was three months old. And um, wow, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. But as a child, I thought, wow, well, at least the baby wasn't older. Like, honestly, how much connection could a mom have had to a child at three months old? That is such a child, like it's so immature to think. But I thought, well, at least it wasn't two years old, right? At least she didn't truly get a, adjusted to having it in her life that long. But now being a mother, I'm like, wow, that was unbelievably insensitive. And the moment that child is in your womb, you instantaneously love it so dearly so deeply so undescribably and so deva i think that is a valid point just loving your child and grieving your child all in a minute in an instance and i'm sorry that you had to walk through that and i know a lot of people who've never had mis- a miscarriage they don't understand i don't understand what you're going through but as a mother, I can understand the loss that you're facing because I can't imagine losing my child. And, you know, there was there was a moment where and I'll share this in a different episode where I thought um, my child was brain dead in me. So I had to have an emergency season to deal with the thought that they're about to cut open cut me open 
and my child could come out completely brain dead. This child that I felt moving me, love on me and hiccup inside of me. Um, so my sister-in-law had my nephew and after she had him, she went through really bad postpartum and she missed the feeling of him inside of her and moving. And I didn't experience it in my pregnancy at first, like right off the bat, but then as time went on, I just, I kind of missed my child and me. So yeah, Deva, I, I can't imagine what you're facing but then again as mothers I think we do understand because we all understand the love of a mother Mm. but we can't all understand the loss of a mother like Mm. that a mother experiences so yeah I think your piece is incredible I believe continued turning to God but I know it's got to be incredibly hard. And I had some questions for you um, that I think maybe people who've never went through this have these questions, or maybe they don't, but they don't know how to ask them. And that's the point of the elephant in the room. It's to discuss these topics and the questions that people feel uncomfortable, like, how do I ask this? So I just wrote them down and so I'll ask this first one so I'm not sure how many people realize that you experience a miscarriage um but the people who do are there any triggering um sayings or questions that people ask you that Mm -hmm. they're trying to comfort you but in the end they're just triggering you Oh my gosh. That is such a good question. And I wish somebody would have asked me that when we lost Leah too, my sister, cause there's so many things people said then that triggered me, but now yeah. I think, um, and with losing Leah, that's something, you know, the world knew. So it was, there were so many people trying to give comfort that they didn't necessarily know how to give. Um, and we can do an episode on that down the road too, like what that mm-hmm. grief looks like continues to look like um it's not something that just goes away in a year year and a half so um right now I think like um one thing that has stuck out to me and I love that you said like you kind of touched on this a little bit but um a couple people have been like well at least you didn't know like at least you Mm -hmm. didn't have time to get to know your baby or like And the fact of the matter is every woman that wants kids has dreamed of her kids Mm -hmm. since she knew she wanted them. I am in love with my children and they don't even exist yet. Like I have, I have fallen in love with my future kids before they were like, I, I'm not trying to like put myself in, in like, (laughs) I I don't feel like this is blasphemy, but like, I feel like I know them before they're even inside me. Like how Jesus says that he knew us before we were in our mother's womb. Like, I just, I feel that way about my future children. And so for somebody to say, well, at least you didn't know before it happened. Like, I'm not going to say that I'm grieving worse than somebody that carried for three months and lost. That's not true at all, but it's not making it better. You know, it's, it's not, um, 
so that's that is kind of triggering um but i also know where they're coming from um i know mm -hmm. that either they don't understand or they lost at three months four months six months and and they were you know they felt their baby and um so I, I understand where they're coming from. I think now that I've gone, like walked through grief prior to this, um, it helps me have more of an open mind and not be so begrudged, like have, be so angry at people who say the wrong things with the right intentions. Um, but that is, that's the biggest one. So if you ever are trying to comfort somebody that's walked through a miscarriage, never, ever, ever, say, well, at least it wasn't, you know, at least it wasn't there for very long. Or, um, I mean, it's just like you were saying, at least like with, with the three month old, you're like, how much, how could they really have gotten to know their baby? It's, it's still, it's the same concept when the baby's in the womb, you can't say, well, at least you didn't lose, like, at least you didn't still like birth a stillborn. Like it's not, that doesn't apply. That's not doesn't correlate to the situation. My grief is still my grief. My hurt is still my hurt. And I still love my baby. And so, um, for any woman that is going through that and you feel invalidated and you feel like, I remember sitting there and feeling crazy that I was hurting so bad and grieving so bad and, um, not being able to sleep and crying and just like sitting in extreme grief. And I didn't even get to know my baby. And I felt crazy for a, a while. And it took like God's peace and comfort to let me know that I'm not crazy for, for that kind of grief. I'm not <laughs> insane because I didn't even know I was pregnant, but I'm grieving. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I really loved what you said about, um, loving your kids before you they're even in your womb that doesn't sound crazy I'm yeah. so convinced of how many kids I'm gonna have and their genders and I literally picture my little girl like mm -hmm. to this day I, I still picture my little girl and so I believe mothers understand that and I do believe that but I believe experiencing this kind of loss especially whenever you have decided you want to be a mother you deserve a mother it's a part of your purpose then you feel empty mm. and I, I can't imagine that I and I also heard I watched this podcast about this mother who lost a child and then and then she then conceived twins after so mm -hmm. I just thought it was cool she doesn't even believe in God but I believe that God gave her those twins and, yeah. um, but she explained how she had envisioned and planned. And once she found out a child was in her, she started envisioning her family being a family of four. And then mm -hmm. whenever that was taken away from her, she felt so empty. Like she was like, she never wanted a second kid. But the moment she lost the second kid, she was like, my family feels so incomplete. Mm -hmm. So it, it's so, so hard to walk through that. Yeah. It goes on to moms who have tried having kids and lost like miscarried four or mm -hmm. five. That yeah, wrecks I, me. I can't even, 
I, I know people that have gone through seven, eight miscarriages or have had, I mean, I just can't even, I, I would not be able to function. I, well, I know that I could through Christ, but I honestly don't know how people continue. I, I, I really don't. And so the only, the only comfort that there is, is that your, your baby's safe. Um, and what's really awesome about this process and everything that we've gone to gone through, um, for those of you listening, I don't know if you have ever had the luxury (laughs) or experience of, um, God speaking to you, but God does. He speaks to us. Um, when they describe God speaking to you in a still small voice, that is exactly what it is. So if you really desire to hear from God and you've never heard from him before, make sure you get really still and really quiet because we're too loud. Like a lot of times people say, Oh, God doesn't speak to you. He's never spoken to me, but they're really good. You know, good Christian people walking with the Lord. It's too loud. Our lives are too loud to hear him. So I, I encourage you, if you want to hear from God in your heart, if you have questions, you need answered that you can't, I, I believe you can find your answers in the Bible. Um, but the peace, like God, God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to your heart. And so if, if you are seeking that, um, get in your shower and empty your heart out to him, tell him how you feel physically, tell him how you feel mentally, emotionally, in your relationally, in your relationships, and just pour everything out until you're completely empty and say, all right, God, fill me up. What do you have for me? And I guarantee you, if you do it, it might take a couple of times to practice, but you will hear from him. Um, so that night that, um, I had realized what was happening, um, God spoke to me and he told me my baby was safe and the comfort in that I, I, I can't describe it. I, I knew my baby was safe, but to hear it from God himself was, was amazing. And so that's the, that's the only piece that I have. The only encouragement or comfort that I have to give any of you that are walking through loss or have experienced loss, um, your, your baby's no longer in danger. Um, and so one thing that I am learning right now, so I, because of this loss, I decided to go and get everything tested. And I had been wanting to do this before we started trying and we got pregnant without, without intentionally trying. And so, um, I didn't have the time or I wasn't prepared to have all of that done quite yet. And so I, um, had some tests done and the doctor diagnosed me with PCOS. And so if you don't know what that is, that is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And pretty much what it is, is you're a lot more likely to have ovarian cysts. Um, It can cause infertility, can cause weight gain or weight loss. It's an extreme imbalance in your hormones. And there's so many things that it affects. Um, Symptoms of PCOS are extreme uh, period symptoms. So extreme cramps, heavy clotting, um, really bad acne, um, body acne, not just on your face, um, all kinds, all kinds of things, headaches. Um, I mean, I, the list goes on and on and on anything that 
you feel is related to hormonal dysfunction, if you have PCOS, that is probably the cause of it. Um, what's super important that I've been learning and I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to plug a couple podcasts that have really inspired me, um, and kind of helped me through this journey and understand what's going on in my body. Um, and I will make sure that they're tagged. I'll have Molly tag them in the show notes, but, um, the freely rooted podcast is a podcast that talks on, um, pro metabolic healing and how your body is not just a bunch of systems and not a bunch of machines put together to create one. It is a, your body is light and your body is energy and every system is connected to each other. So my digestive system, the food that I eat affects my hormones. My hormones affect everything else. My skeletal system is connected to my nervous system. And there's so many parts and pieces that function together. And, um, Western medicine, if you are in the United States and you go to a doctor in the United States, they're not trained to look at the body as a whole. They're trained to look at the body in systems. That's why you have a cardiologist and an, an endocrinologist, these people that specialize in specific parts of your body. And so this pro-metabolic healing focuses on healing your metabolism and that will shift everything else in your body, your digestion, your gut function, um, your hormone health. And so I've just recently started this journey and, um, it's been really cool. I feel a lot better. I have more energy. And so I'm just excited to see these girls, um, have known people. And I think that one of them has actually reversed her PCOS herself, um, with eating this way. So I'm really excited to dive into that. And I'm excited to keep you guys updated on how that's going. Um, but when the doctor told me I had PCOS, I, I knew it already. Um, it just was, it was just like a confirmation. I just, with all of the symptoms that I had, if I didn't actually have PCOS, I had something similar. And so it's not a death sentence. It's not an infertility sentence. It is possible to heal. So the Freely Rooted podcast is amazing. And then another podcast that I listened to that has given me some, just some hope is the She Podcast by Jordan Lee Dooley. And Jordan walked through a couple miscarriages herself back in 2020. And um, I just, listening to her, just, I connected with her so much. And um, it, I, I sometimes wonder if it was almost God preparing me to walk through this because of the advice that she gave, I've been able to put into practice. Um, and it's just been super beneficial. So if you guys are, into listening to loads of podcasts, um, add those two to your list because they are amazing, um, really inspirational. And both of them are built on biblical Christian principles. Um, so yeah, there was something else I was going to get into, but I don't remember now. I'll just add to that really fast. Mm -hmm. So, um, before Watson and I got married, I, for a year and a half before I got married I was really sick like really 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 sick I ended up in the hospital here in Haiti I ended up in the hospital in America um and different things were happening and I live 
in Haiti. And I believe the spiritual realm is real all over. But a lot of times here, things get a little bit more intense than um, America is typically used to. I'm not saying it doesn't happen there, but um, more than what America typically sees. So I believe a lot of my illness was like uh, um, spiritually related as well. But right before my wedding, um, a doctor, I was reaching out to different doctors and they were like, um, sounds like you have endometriosis. And I was like, okay, so what can help that? What um, can help my pain? I'm in extreme pain. And they said birth control. I was like, okay, well, I don't want to take birth control. Not, not just because I'm about to get married and we wanted to have a kid right away, but um, I just have different feelings on birth control and I didn't want to put it in my body. So I contacted different doctors and each one of them were like birth control. And in that moment, I felt like this endometriosis was a death sentence. Like it just, the more I researched, I was like, wow, this is really intense and it can affect fertility. And I just felt extremely overwhelmed. And I had different people in my life trying to shove birth control on me. And so I was just extremely discouraged. But then I realized I'm not going to let this be my identity or let this consume me. And so I made a choice. I was like, no, I, I talked to my good friend here. She's a missionary. And I was just telling her the dilemma that I was facing. I'm in this pain. People are saying, well, take birth control. And if you don't, then that's your fault for not taking it. You're just going to be in pain. And my friend was like, Brooke, if you feel this much conviction about taking birth control and you're the one in pain, then I believe God is trying to tell you something. And thank God I didn't take it. But a baby, um, literally like <laughs> honeymoon baby. And um, I'm so thankful. We wanted kids right away. And I just, I'm saying that because Deva, this doesn't define you. My endometriosis doesn't define me. And I believe the more power you give to them, um, if you let them consume you, then they do have power over you. But are you going to find purpose in this walk? Are you going to find purpose? Every time I was in the hospital, was he using my sickness so I could talk to a nurse, impact the doctor's life, show them Christ? So just want to encourage you. And I know this is so hard to hear, especially when you're walking through this and it's raw and real. And I know we talked about this last week. You are walking through a extremely hard journey right now but there is purpose in it and if you seek that purpose and say god who do you want me to touch through this then he will move and i believe the ultimate goal is to show others god and lead them to heaven through his love through his grace through his redemption so even though um, getting this diagnosis trying to figure out how can I look at my body and just um, eat healthy and I'm trying to navigate through grief. God, every person that I encounter, how am I going to touch them through my grief, through my sickness, 
through my new lifestyle. And I think, I think that's the point of our life here on earth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that has been really, really, really hard for me. I mean, even since losing Leah back in 2020, like I just have been so mad at God and God keeps blessing me in things that he's called me to do. Um, I had a big breakdown, um, with, with him (laughs) and, I was like, God, these things you're calling me to do that I don't even want, you're blessing me in. And I I do want them because it's God's will. And I do want God's will, but in my flesh, like I would rather be a stay at home mom with my kid and my sister there. So that way she could, I'm going to cry, but, um, so that way she can be an aunt to my babies. And, um, like, those are the things that I want. And so, um, Brooke really put it into perspective for me a couple of weeks ago, uh, after we recorded, I just, it was, I was telling her and Molly about the loss and about, um, God speaking to me. And I just told them how angry I was and how God's blessing me so much in our business and, um, with the podcast. And I, I'm so happy to be here doing this podcast. I'm doing it with Meraki. I mean, I'm, we're sharing like the deep, hard stuff, but just to be real and honest, I would rather have my sister and I would rather have my baby, but that is, that's me. And so I, I always say that the lives that are touched through my grief, the lives that are touched through my loss, honestly, it's never, ever going to be enough for my flesh. It's never going to be enough for me because ultimately I'm always going to choose having my sister here over whatever goodness comes out of it. Or I'm always going to choose having my baby here over even speaking to you guys, but that's human. That's the human in me. Now, the woman walking, the virtuous woman walking in her purpose, the woman that I strive to be, she willing, oh my gosh, I'm feeling the Holy spirit. She willingly will give that up. will go walk through the grief and walk through the hardship. So that way somebody can come to Christ. And I used to think, wow, God's so selfish. He's putting me through this. So that way I can come out the other side and give him all the glory and give him all of the praise. That's so selfish. And then Brooke said, Deva, it's not about God's glory and praise. Yeah, that's important. But what comes from the glory and the praise? Mm-hmm. Souls that don't have to go to hell. That's what comes from it. And so the peace that I got, that God, that God gave me, if I can share it with somebody and let them know, hey, you can have peace. You don't have to be to live in fear of getting pregnant again. You don't have to live in fear of losing people. You don't, you don't have to live in that. There is peace beyond understanding. Like, and I know that people say that. And it honestly, when you walk through grief, it kind of become, becomes a cliche. When you go through loss, people say, well, God has a peace that passes all understanding. Like I hear that all the time. And frankly, it's annoying, but it is, 
literal truth, like Mm -hmm. peace that I actually cannot wrap my head around fills my soul right now. Joy that I cannot wrap my head around fills my soul right now. And it's not because I am strong or because like, oh my gosh, that's, that's another thing. Like when you asked about triggering and somebody tells you to be strong, you don't have to be strong. Like it's not, it's not your strength that is impressive. Anyways, people Mm -hmm. see God's strength through you and they're going to be like, wow, you're so strong. Just make sure you're always directing it back to him. And, um, I think you said this on a previous episode, Brooke, but, um, where, uh, is it Paul that says when I am weak, I am strong. Mm -hmm. That second I am is the, I am Jesus said, Mm -hmm. I am that I am. And so when Paul is weak, God is strong. When Brooke is weak, God is strong. When Deva is weak, God is strong. And his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so you don't have to be strong. Somebody tells you to be strong. Tell them I am weak. And in my weakness, God will be made strong. Put them in their place because frankly, it is really annoying. Somebody tells you to be strong when you're going through grief because you don't have to. I'm feeling, no, I'm feeling it. (laughs) Hit it right on the head, Deva. And I love that. Like when people say be strong, Look at him and be like, no, I don't have to. My God didn't tell me I have to. Because <laughs> even the Bible says Jesus didn't come for like the uh, like the righteous. Mm. He came mm-hmm. for the sinners. So stop walking around like you're all that. All that mm. a bag of chips. We're not. <laughs> a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> We're not. We're broken vessels. And that's when God pours through. And that's when we impact more people. That's when mm-hmm. God moves. If we're, a, if we're a whole vessel, like a vase that's intact, how is God going to flow out of that? Unless he's, he's got to knock you over, over it. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to knock you over. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it is true. We have to go through these things. And I know it's not easy. I know. I've walked through my fair share of grief. And one day we'll talk about, you know, my grandpa's um, yeah. death. That was super, super traumatic. Um, but I remember a year after my grandpa passed and Deva were just different people, different perspectives. But mm-hmm. I do remember sitting on the beach. I was in Florida and I told God, if he came to me and said, I'll bring your grandpa back. Just, just like nothing ever happened, I would say, no, he's where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And there have been so many people in this world impacted by his story. So many. Mm-hmm. And I believe, you know, if we can find that perspective, no how hard it is, I know it's hard. Then Satan lose, he loses. Yeah. He can't move in that. Yeah. So, well, and I always, I, I got super off track with all of that, but, um, you know, in me, it'll never be enough. Um, but for him it is, and I get to see them again someday. So I can be okay. I can, I can let God's strength be known in my weakness mm-hmm. and, 
I can, I can be okay that they're not going to come back as obviously it's going to suck. Um, life is never going to be the same. And I'm always going to have that in the back of the back of my mind. You know, I, um, just being real and honest with you guys. Um, I'm actually really afraid to get pregnant again. And, Mm. and that's a valid fear, especially right now. And so, um, I'm just this morning doing my workout, I invited God into, into my workout because I want everything that I do now to be worship. Because if I don't live in consistent communication with him, I don't think that I'll, I don't think I'll be okay to get pregnant again. I think that I need his consistent peace, his consistent comfort to, to be able to not fear and to trust him and, and have, let him have his will and not try and stand in the the way of that. So doing that this morning, I felt so much freedom and I know a lot of people struggle with this. And I know a lot of people think it's the stupidest thing ever. And I know a lot of people that have overcome this, but to exercising, I, I really believe that it's a generational curse on my family. The exercising is so overwhelming to me unless I am in community. And so where we live and with gas prices as stupid high as they are, um, it's, it's not ideal for me to go to the gym every day and go to a workout class every day. And so I need to make sure that I'm stewarding this body and this temple that God gave me well and inviting him into, into that. And so, um, overcoming that this morning was super freeing and I'm just, I don't know. I'm just excited to invite him into everything, into taking care of my home and cooking dinner and doing dishes and folding laundry and exercising and Mm -hmm. our marriage more. And just, I don't know, today has really just been so fulfilling and I started it. I started my day with Jesus. I didn't skip over. I didn't skip over it today. And it, it felt so amazing. It makes such a big difference. Mm-hmm. Watson and I have been doing devotions every morning because, uh, yeah, my flesh has been raging. So mm. <laughs> so he was <laughs> like, as the head of the house, he was like, that's it. 5.30 a.m. We're doing devotions. Mm. And um, it's made such a big difference in our marriage. I, I, I genuinely believe it's the key to life. Mm-hmm. Like surrendering, surrendering yourself, crucifying your flesh and having that time with the father. Yeah. So. I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I keep like with you talking about surrendering your flesh. There's so much, oh my gosh. so, so much that I could go into. But I feel um, I feel god telling me to hold back on that for another time so so if you guys are walking through grief in general um if you've lost anybody or um somebody has left your life i know that there's a lot of parents struggling right now with their kids walking away from them and i just want you to know you're not alone and we're we're praying for you and i'll ask you guys to pray for me um pray for my husband that's something that Oh, something we didn't even touch on the husbands. We can, we can go there another day too. Cause it's so different for them, the grief process. Yeah. So, yeah, I had questions about that. 
so maybe we could talk about it a different ep- or yeah a different episode because yeah I had some questions about navigating through it as a wife mm-hmm. and as a mother who's grieving because yeah. they're very different roles so yeah I feel like we should just save that for a different day yeah and I feel like that's gonna be a deep topic so yeah yeah just it's it's crazy. It's so crazy to navigate through our different roles and what that mm. looks like, especially through grief. Yeah. So, but what's awesome is we don't have to be perfect, you know? I mean, oh, yeah. we, we strive for it. We strive to be the best at, uh, not, not the best in like the world standards, but to be as holy and, um, as virtuous as possible. And this virtuous woman, she was she did a lot. She did Mm -hmm. so much. And I relate to her often and, um, strive to be like her. And we're not, (laughs) God didn't put that scripture in there for us to try and do everything that she did. He put that scripture in there as an example of what a virtuous woman is. That doesn't mean that you have to be a wife, a mom, a business owner, a, a tailor, like all, all of the things that she was, she created her family's clothes. She traveled far to make sure they had good food. I mean, she did so much and you're not called to be every single thing that the virtuous woman did in the scripture, but it is such a beautiful inspiration. And I just love how God's mercy is fresh every single day. And I get to wake up. If I fail tonight, if I stumble, if I, if I don't reach the expectation of the virtuous woman in my home today I get to try again tomorrow and it's so beautiful yeah it is absolutely and just that then again it shows God's grace so Mm. all right well Well, (laughs) this was the elephant in the room yes we will bring you more like it they're going to be sprinkled throughout they're heavy they're really heavy, you know, trying to decide whether or not we were going to do a whole chapter on it or um, just sprinkle them throughout. And ultimately, it would just be too much to do <laughs> to talk about Absolutely. these kinds of things several weeks in a row. So, yeah, just as they come up, if there is an elephant in the room discussion that is hard and you would like to hear us talk about, I can't guarantee that it'll come on, especially depending on what what the subject is. But um you know, we, we hope to be able to serve you with content through this podcast for quite a while. So give us some, give us some ideas. If you have an elephant in the room discussion that you would like us to break down for you. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Meraki and Alabaster. You can find me on Instagram. at I am Brooks and Jacques Endeavor at Davis Journey and Molly, our podcast manager at I Spy Molly, not Isby. <laughs> Love you guys. And we will see you on the next one. Bye.